<laughs> and welcome to another episode of the Screen Addicts Podcast. I am your host, All Hallows Steve Sosa. <laughs> okay, I'm not going to be doing that voice the entire episode, as cool as it sounds, because, well, my throat will hurt and kill me. <laughs> and that's not what we want on this wonderful Halloween I wanted to come out here and do a quick mini bite-sized episode, if you will. So I wanted to come on here and quickly talk about some of the best movies that you should be watching on this holiday evening or day or whatever it may be. So I'm going to give you the top three movies that we watch every Halloween. And of course, for posterity's sake, I'm not going to talk about every single movie that we watch. Let's just get with the list. Number three is a movie that came out in 1993 that has just somewhat garnered up a cult classic following and has just been revitalized to the point where a sequel has been discussed, and I'm pretty sure it has been confirmed by Disney, and that would be Hocus Pocus. Now, growing up, I was like, yeah, it's pretty funny, it's cool. I I never really cared about it as much until I, you know, just recently watching it again, I said, yeah, this is really funny. The the script is really good. It's, It's pretty dark, and, you know, the funny thing about Disney movies back in the 80s and 90s is that they had a lot of really dark themes even the animated movies were pretty grim at times and it's just kind of funny um like the hunchback of notre dame for example is a very dark and gloomy movie and even when it was released in 97 i believe people were looking at it like man that's that's pretty depressing but hocus pocus on the other hand while having dark themes is a still somewhat lighthearted uh, comedy film for the entire family, even though you may have to discuss um, the sanctity of virginity and what that will entail if you ever light a black flame candle. And it's funny because the movie is something that even Bette Midler herself has said that with all the roles that she's played and all the songs that she's saying that this is her Winifred Sanderson is the best role that she has ever had and the most fun role she has ever played hence probably why they were able to get her to sign on for the sequel which is hopefully coming within the next year or two not too sure it seems up in the air about it we never know number two on the list is the movie that was released in 1994 the crow the crow is a movie that is definitely a cult classic and for various reasons it's a cult classic basically just because of everything that it entails The number one thing that most people think of with The Crow is the death of Brandon Lee. And in the shadow of some really traumatic events that has transpired in the last week on the set of Rust, the Alec Baldwin film, it's pretty haunting to think of The Crow yet again was another movie that at the time was very, very polarizing due to the fact that Brandon Lee died on the set. There was so much controversy, if you will, so many conspiracy theorists saying that the uh, bullet, a a real bullet was planned planted into the gun that caused his death whenever they shot it as it was supposed to be a blank. The theory is that the triad was trying to take out Bruce Lee's heritage, you know, his firstborn son, this and all, because of all the stuff that he had to deal with in the 70s to try and bring um, Eastern philosophy and martial arts over to Americans. And I don't know, it just seemed kind of far-fetched. But what it came down to was that a squib in the bullet, there was a squib and it burnt off a piece of of the shell in the chamber so that when it was fired again it became a projectile and it killed Brandon Lee. That's essentially what everybody is, you know, claiming was the issue and it seems pretty valid. But as for the movie itself, 
takes place on Devil's Night, which is the eve of Halloween. And it is about a rock star who him and his fiance are brutally murdered. And he comes back one year later with the power of this mystical crow. We don't exactly know why or how that happens. I don't know the uh, deeper rooted philosophy of the crow itself, but it's just kind of a plot point and we don't really care because he comes back and he dons leather clad outfit with his guitar and his black trench coat and of course his painted face that's very joker-esque and he just is endowed with these super human abilities of strength speed he can read the minds of the killers to easily hunt them down he has the crow flying above and it's just such a great movie it's the best movie that tim burton ever directed and the soundtrack on its own is fantastic it has such a great score in itself by Graham Maville. and the music though oh my gosh The Cure has a song in there called Burn and even if you're not a fan of The Cure that song is so great it's so haunting so chilling and it fits perfectly when he's transforming himself from Eric Draven to the crow and his transformation and scene entails him you know donning his outfit and everything else but it's just it's such a great movie and of course it does like I said take place on Halloween night ends on Halloween day it's a two-day affair such a fantastic movie now before I get into my number one a couple of honorable mentions that I would like to discuss now let's see of course you know, one would probably think Halloween. Halloween's the easy pick for number one because the damn title is in the movie. But it's not Halloween for me. Although I do love Halloween. I do love all of the Halloween movies except for Halloween 6, The Curse of Michael Myers and Halloween Resurrection, which is one of the worst horror movies I have ever seen. It's one of the worst movies, period. You can't sell me on Halloween Resurrection. It's so bad. They kill Jamie Lee Curtis in the first five minutes. Spoilers. And then it turns into this weird webisode where they were trying to cash in on the internet in the mid-2000s. It's just such a terrible, terrible movie. Um, Mid-2000s. It was like early 2000s. So, I don't know. It was just so bad. And Buster Rhymes beating up Michael Myers, that's just not... That doesn't that doesn't work. It doesn't work for me. But the Halloween film franchise is definitely an honorable mention. But, you know, we, we started re-watching all of them. Especially since um, the debut of Halloween Kills, which I can give like a quick mini-review. I enjoyed it. I thought Halloween Kills was really well done. I like how it is fitting nicely as a second part to a trilogy which is always a weird position for a film to be because you're not going to have an, a beginning and you're not going to have an ending but I did enjoy the movie in itself because I like what David Gordon Green and Danny McBride it's still laughable to think that Eastbound and Down Danny McBride is the co-writer and producer of these new Halloween movies and they really transform and David Gordon Green he's the co-creator of all of Danny McBride's shows as well so it's funny to think that these guys have such a niche on on this series as it's heavily footed into the horror genre it was good there is some things that it does especially towards the ends that i won't give away because i'm sure people are waiting to watch it tonight or tomorrow or whatever it really takes a, a different approach to the character michael myers in itself and kind of enters into this if you will jason voorhees-esque realm of a uh, supernatural I, I don't know it was kind of interesting but i'm definitely curious to see how halloween ends which is the title of the movie which sit perfectly now that i say it like that but i think i believe that comes out next year I'm not entirely sure but i guess we'll have to wait and see 
but but like I said, Halloween's still just an honorable mention for me. I, I I like it, but it's not my favorite, especially with all the continuity errors, because people get caught up with the confusion of Laurie Strode's relationship to Michael himself. Like she's his brother one minute, and then she's a complete stranger the next. And as far as this initial trilogy that's currently on. There's no relation to Michael Myers as it is a direct sequel to part one where they didn't establish the relationship and in my opinion makes Michael Myers scarier because he had no reason to attack any of those girls. He's just crazy which makes sense because if he knew that that was his little sister and he's going after his little sister then it's kind of like the suspense is throttled a little bit and I don't I don't really know. I, I prefer the unknown of characters that kind of makes them a little bit more scary. And Michael Myers speaks for a larger genre of character, if you will. Like, for example, Freddy Krueger, Jason, Texas Chainsaw. Like, all these iconic characters. Chucky! And Chucky's new television series just started, and it's it's really good. But I confine those to the horror genre. I don't relegate them all to Halloween, because... Me and Sonya, for example, love horror movies, so we'll watch horror movies throughout the year. So to assume that some of these icons of horror are relegated to just the Halloween season, that's not true for us. That's why it's so specific for me to pick Halloween movies that I enjoy to watch throughout the year. Or, I'm sorry, throughout Halloween season. Like, for example, Ernest Scared Stupid. Ernest Scared Stupid is pretty dumb, and it doesn't hold, it holds up less and less every year. But you know what? I love it. I love that movie. I love Ernest the character, and it's so Halloween. It is just such a perfect Halloween movie. That troll, I'm not going to lie, man. When I was growing up and I was watching Ernest Scared Stupid, there were scenes with that troll that legitimately scared the shit out of me. It was so scary. Like the little girl looking under the bed and she like finds her stuffed animal and then turns around and the damn troll's in her bed. That that was pretty scary. But I don't know. It's just kind of funny to think that I was more afraid of the troll in Ernest than I was in any Freddy Krueger movie. I love the, the notion of Miak or as it was Milk kills the troll and it's just such a great movie. But to finalize the honorable mentions, I'm going to go ahead and talk about the anthology film called Tales of Halloween. Tales of Halloween came out, I think, two or three years ago, and it's such a great movie. Every story is not tied into each other like some other movie that I'm going to talk about. It's so good, and it just flows nicely as its own anthology piece. The new Creep Show is like that. The new Creep Show anthology series, like every episode's different, doesn't tie into each other, which is fine because I think that's good. It confines each story. But as far as Tales of Halloween, it's really good because it confines each story to the Halloween season. And that, if you've never seen it, is really well done. Oh, you know what? There's a brand new one that came out. I think it was two years ago. Yes, it was two years ago because we watched it last year. And it's called Haunt. It's a prime original. It's about these kids that go to this haunted house out in the middle of the sticks and the characters are weird, deformed freaks that are killing the clientele. So how they're able to drum up business is beyond my comprehension. But it doesn't matter because the kills are crazy and it's such a great movie. So I definitely recommend Haunt. Okay, without further ado, number one, numero uno on the blood list. Trick or Treat. 2007's Trick or Treat. This is the seminal Halloween movie and there's still people that have never even heard of it which is totally fine because when you experience it for the first time it's such a revelation as far as the structure of the film it's basically like a Tarantino back and forth movie set within Halloween it's 
directed by um, Michael Doherty. He, he wrote it as well. Now, this guy went on to do a lot of movies like Krampus, Godzilla, King of the Monsters, and he was also the co-writer of the first two X-Men movies. And Brian Singer, of course, you know, he's facing his own uh, horror show, as it will, you know, rightfully so. He is the producer of this film that got it made back in 2007. And I remembered when it was coming out that there was a lot of talk about this anthology horror movie called Trick or Treat set in Halloween. And we were just so excited to see it. But it never came to theaters. They could never get theatrical distribution. So it just came basically to DVD. And it's a Warner Brothers movie. Like, it's a big budget movie. And if you look at the film, if you watch the film, it's not cheap. The special effects are fantastic. The CGI is seamless. And it's just such a great movie. And... They have pretty good stars in it, if you will. It's just kind of funny that it never gelled theatrically. It just came to DVD, and we were like, okay, that's fine. We'll watch it when it comes out. And ever since then, we watch it every single Halloween on Halloween because it's the perfect Halloween movie. And basically, it's an anthology movie, but unlike something like Tales of Halloween, every story is kind of tied into each other there may be a character that bounces into each story but each story is pretty much different on its own and it deals with you know homicidal maniacs uh spiritual entities uh werewolves just stuff like that and it's such a great movie and if you've never seen trick-or-treat I highly recommend you watch it. I'm pretty sure it's streaming on somewhere. I don't know. We have the Blu-ray of it, so we just pop the Blu-ray in. And from a visual sense, it's just such a fantastic film. Sam, the little spirit of Halloween, named after Samhain, you know, Sam Hain, as you <laughs> looks to be pronounced from the old Irish folklore, is this little character, and he's essentially the spirit of Halloween. And if you break any of the rules of Halloween, it's simply put that he kills you. And <laughs> he's um, very diminutive in size because... It was a little boy playing the character, and he's got the barlet round head, and just it's such a cute little character. And but you know, just don't piss him off on Halloween, and everything's gonna be okay. Okay, well, you know what? That is going to wrap it up. I told you it was a mini-sized episode, a little trick-or-treat snack for everybody, and I didn't want to take up too much time on this holiday season. A hollow season. <laughs> but uh, again, thank you. Check your candy, kids, and everyone. Have a happy Halloween! Adios, amigos.